Hey, y'all. Wake up. Welcome to another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is sweeter. You know what we should have done? We were talking about ice cream. We should have walked across the street and gotten ice cream because then that would have been the first perfect podcast. We were doing that next time. But well, I'm trying to lose like 10 pounds anymore, so... Well, you're going to have to figure out a way to make up for it the rest of the week by not eating or something, because we are going to have ice cream. Well, I mean, Jesus did fast. <laughs> you know, he, did, he did fast for 40 days, which... He did. We, that was today in church, Yeah, that's actually. what you're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. that was the, uh, the temptation of Jesus. That is not what we had intended to talk about, but we can chase an awful lot of rabbits Oh, we can down chase an awful lot of holes. rabbits. <laughs> but first... Let's introduce you to everybody. Uh, y'all, this is uh, Pastor Emil with my friend Drew. Uh, Drew is the guy that uh, shoots and edits video for Fout Marketing. And Fout Marketing is a marketing company that uses our facility that they've rented uh, a bunch of space in our church building. And I've had the privilege of working with Drew and, of course, the rest of the team, Stephen, Sean, Lori. Uh, and Brittany and, and all the people down there. And uh, Drew shoots the video. So so when we shoot video, I'm with Drew. And sometimes we shoot a five-minute video, but we're in the room for about an hour and a half. Yeah, and <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so it, it, it's what happens when you put two um, rather intelligent people in the same room and uh, they get to talking asking questions and then that five minute <laughs> video session turns into an hour well, well yeah, thank every 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 wednesday <laughs> every wednesday at, at, at 9 a.m man that's that's what it is so every it's every time you see a video from pastor amel that shot in his office i do i do those videos and i edit those videos so um well and thank you for the uh promotion uh, i'm apparently intelligent now oh well, i mean of course so that's good i mean i, I didn't <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure everyone believes that but i'd like to think so you got to give yourself some more credit man you know i got some i got some background I, you know I'm, I'm not a complete fool i mean but knowing an awful lot of stuff in books doesn't necessarily make you this is true intelligent this is very true but now you understand why it takes us forever to shoot a video because <laughs> we're still here mm-hmm. chasing down the rabbits. Uh, but I I had asked Drew, you know, based on our conversation, some of our conversations, I'm, I just finish up and I go, you know what? I think there are people that might benefit from hearing our conversations. And, and not just because we're super smart or anything like that, but because I think we're talking about things that, you know, more people should probably talk about. We're agreeing in in things in areas that maybe uh, more people don't realize they agree, but but they probably do, at least if they stop to think about it. And then disagreeing in things, but not you know killing one another. Right. Uh, so, uh, but specifically, the the one I guess unique way of trying to talk about our relationship, our friendship is, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian, and, you know, so obviously I, I have a lot of beliefs and a lot of things that uh, that are connected to what, how I view the world and all of that, and Drew doesn't. And, and one of the goals of this podcast was that I wouldn't just be reaching people that already know Jesus or reaching people that think like me, but, but actually trying to reach people that maybe don't think like me. And as I've gone through life, I've, I've been beaten up enough. I've uh, learned the hard way enough that I've actually figured out how to have the conversations with folks like you. Mm-hmm. You know, if we'd have met 10 years ago, I don't know that we would have had the same conversations. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, that that would be a benefit for people to at least hear that. Not that, you know, having a conversation or, you know, a podcast is going to make you a Christian Right. Uh, but that at the very least, it'll help people understand how to talk to people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I think we're we're so busy trying to to convert people or, or we're not taking enough time to understand the person behind, mm-hmm. you know, the the different view of, of the world. And, uh, you know, I think we get along great. Absolutely. So. Um, now to give you to give you guys who. um 
a little background. Uh, I was raised Methodist. All, most of my family is, Meth- is Methodist. I was raised in a Methodist church. Um, First United Methodist Church, actually, here in Sidell, was my home church. Um, And my mom and I went to that church for a long time. Um, My grandparents were, of course, you know, very religious. My my grandfather especially took his religion very seriously. And, um, you know, we were a, you know, bonafide church-going family for a long time. And, of course, uh, I remember when um, Hurricane Katrina happened and our church, uh, First United, took, you know, 10 foot of water and I remember and I remember um, you know doing communion and all just folding chairs concrete (laughs) floor you know Um, but uh, something something uh, some kind of personal disagreement happened between my mom and some of the uh, other congregation members something happened and we uh, stopped going to church at that point and it's been like that for probably about a decade at this point Wow. So I start. I stopped going with my mom when I was, you know, early teenager probably. Okay, so like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. And um, so you know, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an atheist, or I, it's just kind of weird. I'm just like, just been out of the whole church thing for a while that I started, kind of asking questions about what I actually, you know, want to believe in and the kind of person I want to be, and you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And as for me, like, I think what's made a stronger background, like a stronger foundation for me, more than my, you know, more than my uh, belief in religion is my um, background in the uh, Boy Scouts. Because, you know, I was, um, my grandmother, she, uh, my grandparents volunteered for a long time in the Boy Scouts. And um, she actually sat me down when I was a young kid at, you know, just old enough to join the scouts. And she said, son, I'm going to make a deal with you. <laughs> Either you get your Eagle Scout or I'm going to write you out of my will. Take your pick. <laughs> so <laughs> I have been very that's... fortunate to have benefited from that program in particular. And I believe that, you know, those experiences with so many young men, so many people from across the United States and also across the world has really benefited me um, in so many ways to help make me a better person. So I, I, I credit a lot of my emotional and social and spiritual development to a youth group like that, to the Boy Scouts Boy of America. Scouts, yeah. So, you know, well, so, and Emil and I, we, you know, it seems like we're t- two very different birds. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we talk a lot about current events. We talk a lot about you know, how we view certain social constructs, how we view, you know, the way society is going. And he may, he and I may not agree on everything, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I still believe that we need to respect everybody, that even if somebody that you may not have the same views with, you still love them and respect them at the end, at the end, at the end of the day because yeah. they're just as valuable a person as you are. And, and I think... Uh we pro- probably what makes our conversations work. Uh, I forget if I said this maybe already on the podcast, or if I said it before. We talked a lot before we even turned on. The oh yeah, if we turned that for an hour before we turned the mics on. But if if we would have met a decade ago, I don't think we'd have had those conversations because, well, first of all, you were like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, probably. And uh, I was a jerk. <laughs> so uh, it's actually I, I feel like. The the more that I've spent time in churches and around church people, and I say that because, you know, I, it's not just Christians. I mean, Christians are one thing. Church people are kind of another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's not, a, there are Christians among church people, but then there's, like, church people that are, I'm probably not explaining that very well. but it, it, I, I feel like the reason why, like, one of the things that kind of got me away from church is, like, Excuse me. It's just, it feels like people just go through the motions. You know, you sing the hymns, you do the Lord's Prayer, you, you know, you do all, all the things that's, you know, it's a very comforting ritual. It's a very, you know, like it's a thing you do all the time. But I just feel like it just, at a certain point to me, it just started feeling hollow, you know, at a certain point. And I'm just like, why am I here? I don't even know half these people. Like, yeah. You know, it just didn't feel too much like a community to me. I felt way more 
connected and involved with like my troop and with the people I actually hung out with. Yeah, I think actually uh, relationships and, and community is something that isn't really present in churches the way we think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it's far more surface-oriented than, right. than we'd like to admit. Uh, and again, I so I can agree with you and not take it personally because I've seen it in churches, but, but there are a lot of people that still haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. And... Or, or maybe that's just not their experience. I mean, I would, I would say that to say that that's always the case is probably not true. Right. But there are, you know, so there are people that have genuinely good relationships. I actually think open arms is probably far better than I've seen in a lot of other churches. And, and I would, ag- I would agree with you for yeah. sure. Um, but I mean, I'm friends with most of people on staff here. You know, Robin <laughs> and all of them, and like, <laughs> I mean, there's some genuinely, genuinely awesome people here. Yeah. You know. Uh, absolutely. Um, but I think we get church people kind of get caught up in being correct about certain things and then they miss some of the more important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, Jesus like actually you, says a couple like, of things. Like you, you missed the forest for the trees. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jesus says something like straining after gnats, you know, like, I forget where it is. I think it's somewhere in Matthew. He's making fun of Pharisees and criticizing them. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're going, you, you wash the outside of the cup, he also says, and you forget about the inside of the cup. And all, all those, uh, it's the same idea of what we're talking about, that you can get involved in church and be active in church and, and have religion. And it's all very much an outward thing mm-hmm. that still hasn't penetrated uh, deep into your core, into the core of who you are, and begun to transform your life, right? Uh, in in the ways that Christians are always talking about, but you know, people don't always see on the ground level, right? You know, it's it's kind of like a it's a it's a funny thing, you know, being from the south, you know, um, we especially in the say, for example, in the Southern Baptist tradition. Now, if you if you're a Methodist. Baptists are bad blood, man. Like, it's just, it's one of the weirdest things. That's like, <laughs> just, it's, mo- and you have to understand, most of my family is from, it's from northern, northern Mississippi. So, Tupelo area, f- you know, that area of Mississippi. So, if you f- are familiar with that, you know, particular thing, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I think it's funny how down here in the south, you know, we have this big tradition of like the circus tent revival. You know, yeah. you, you've, you've heard of that, you know. And people make such a big deal out of, you know, that whole thing mm-hmm. i just never understood that well so tell me about you know i i'm a i'm a northerner i'm a yankee right tell me about your circus tent uh, revivals well i mean i'm not a baptist so i can't i can't quite because usually they're very very much um about that but it's like basically it's like a big like event where you know you get a couple you know get pastors from local area churches you have a whole big group event with a bunch of congregations a bunch of churches and it's like basically it's a it's a big loud like proclamation of faith you know you um essentially um you know it's it's basically like a big party where you know i don't know i've never been to one but <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying like that's just one they preach point. and preach and preach every night for a week or two yeah, right? and, and, yeah and then there's like you know the casting out of of of, of demons and like you know that that you know healing of the sick that that whole kind of thing now i'm now again people i'm if you're a baptist i love you guys i'm like i'm not trying to like make <laughs> make cast aspersions here but but that, that's what you grew up around and and it didn't well, that's just kind of the, the joke that was my family since you know we're all methodists that's just <laughs> I, I just one of those things i never questioned yeah but i don't yeah. know <laughs> well we do love methodists we do love baptists and uh absolutely and and people that are neither because i think that's jesus that's what jesus wants us to do and that's the stuff that we're often missing when we are you know obsessed about the color of the carpet or or how we do our worship or which song we sing or the song we don't sing or um and, and and a lot of that leads to the kind of disagreements is the way you characterized it with your mom and and someone at church right uh and and we never recover from that i think a lot of what we've seen frittering away from the church over the last several decades has a lot to do with those kinds of 
interpersonal disagreements and conflicts that we just never figure out how to deal with. And then we wonder why when we look at the world around us, right, our country particularly, far more so in our country than in most other places around the world, we can't even, <laughs> you know, disagree about simple little things or even uh, agree about 90% of the things. And then we have this one little area where we disagree and we're going to make that everything, right? Yeah, uh, I, um, that's kind of one of the things I'm sort of worried about with my relationship with, with my mom, um, you know, because she and I seem to have more disagreements about certain things than I feel is kind of healthy. Mm. Um, and I kind of worry at a certain point to where, you know, she has very different political views than I do. You know, she has very different views on religion than I do. And, you know, I kind of worry that I, you know, I don't want that my relationship with her to be affected from all, from, Mm -hmm. you know, despite all of these things. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just have to work through that because, <laughs> yeah, she's not a whole fan of, you know, me not going to church and this whole thing. You know, she's she's not the biggest fan of this whole thing. Yeah. Which, you know, I understand and and and, and I respect that, you know, but it's just I don't like dealing with the fights. When yeah. That, that can that occasionally have come up from that. And And again, I think a lot of that has more to do with church people. Like it's us more than it's the you know the other person like we we have made so many issues you know like a make or break kind of thing, and then we think everything's riding on it, and we're gonna like fight to the death over it and i just i I just don't see that being a, a helpful solution that's not that's not the right path, and we wind up again with all these fights and I would say that more often than not. You know, I've been in situations like that and I've blown up relationships and I've been really stupid and, and and I look back and I go, wow, if only I could just talk to them. Like it would be far, I would be in a much better place if I could just have a conversation with them than to convince them I'm right about anything. Even even about Jesus. Like if if me convincing someone about Jesus or Christianity or to believe, right, if that is so important to me, it's more important to me than actually modeling Jesus and believing in Jesus. Well, then I'm going to make that a train wreck. I'm going to turn that into a disaster. And I've I've done it. I know I've done it. And and I hope you and your mom uh, navigate that. You can just, uh, you know, we can talk more about that if you want. But I don't. You know, I, I do have some training in counseling, but I am not a licensed counselor. I understand. So, <laughs> right. But, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, what is important is that, you know, you've got to take the good and the bad. Like, I mean, if there's certain things that I just can't have a discussion with, with my mom about, then that's just is what it is. Mm -hmm. But, and that's just the little thing that we just have an understanding about in order to keep that relationship you know, on a nice even keel, but yeah. you know, it's, I think, I don't know if it's uniquely an, an American thing and I'm guilty of this as well, that when I have particular, say political disagreements with her, for example, that I feel like I have to prove my point. And then she gets real mad about that and tries to prove her point and it was just a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Sounds and like you're an awful lot alike, maybe. And <laughs> <laughs> so we, that's just par for the course. Yeah, I mean we, we are we, we do we do come from very headstrong stock. again, not a licensed counselor, but uh, exposure enough I believe that is called projection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you dislike something in yourself, maybe your stubbornness or a particular issue that you're fighting over. Right. And you're trying to fix the other person mm -hmm. so yeah and it's, there you go and it's 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 just um yeah it's it, it is yeah so one of the things that i would just say as you think about um you know the way you're kind of going at it with your mom on, on some of these issues is if you if you take a moment and try and put yourself in her shoes, mm -hmm. which is, again, I think how I've gotten to a place where I can have a conversation with somebody like mm -hmm. you that we disagree, and yet we agree a lot more 
because I'm willing to go. A, a surprising you know amount. Yeah. We, we agree a surprising yeah. amount. Th- that's why we're having this conversation. It's probably, uh, and, and it's maybe not even agree. It's I see your point of view. And I also see yours. As a valid point of view. Yeah. Even if I don't agree with it, but I get it and and I get the the reasoning you have behind it. And I, I may not agree with the solutions, Right. But I would agree that it's a good thing to care about that. It's a good thing to uh, to understand that, uh, you know, especially politics. Everybody's wrong. Oh, yeah. Everybody's wrong. Oh, and, yeah. And if Absolutely. you can't see that, well, then that's part of the problem. Absolutely. But back to your mom for just a second. Sure. If if you're thinking, if, if you take a moment and just think about it from her perspective, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that she obviously feels very strongly about if we think specifically about faith, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. When, when people believe in Jesus, believe in God, and they've gone through enough uh, time in churches and, and the disagreement that ended it was probably significantly painful enough that it kept her away from something that she actually thought was good. Mm-hmm. She probably feels guilty about that. She probably feels very guilty about the fact that it hurt your ability to be connected. She she's definitely now. I know she's not going to listen to this, but um, I know she, there's you a never lot know. of well, that's true. There's a lot of things in that she has gone through. A couple, you know, not fun marriages. Um, my, you know, me being an only child, she feels guilty about that. There's a lot of things that she carries that. You know, I don't know if she realizes, like, you know, I understand why she's had to struggle for so long. Because, you know, yeah. I'm I'm a, you know, a disabled person, you know, being hearing impaired. She had to deal with all of that. She had to mm-hmm. deal with me being a very, very sick infant, you know. Um, yeah, like, projectile vomit, not fun when, when you got like, a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. not, not cool. I was a very, very sick kid. Um, spent, like, a month and a half in um, the ICU for, for babies. So, you know, she's had to deal with a lot. And I love and I respect that woman to the end of my days. She's a very, 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 very strong woman. <laughs> um, she's got to be. I mean, uh, I don't know about your specific disability. We had a, a, a child that had a uh, birth defect, born with a club foot. Mm-hmm. And the process to get through that was incredibly taxing. And there were two of us. It's, it's And I can't imagine... You know, I'll probably I I have to talk about that in a little bit more detail sometime. But but that's good that you you recognize that. But yeah. keep in mind that it's quite possibly the most important thing that you know she's thinking the single most important thing. And in America, politics and religion have actually kind of been merged together. So unfortunately, unfortunately, yes, I would agree one hundred percent with that. Uh, but because of that, a lot of those things. Are, are connected to the one big issue that she's probably more worried about than anything, and that is, does does Drew know Jesus? Uh, did I fail him? Is he going to be with me forever? And, and this is, I actually uh, spent a few years in Ohio, and I spent a lot of time talking to people about specifically how you talk to people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one of the things... I noticed, and at some point I, I finally started calling people out on it, was that, uh, you know, you actually want this person in heaven, you know, in, in eternity, more than you want God there, more than you want Jesus there. Right, right. right. And so what I try to tell Christians is, you know, if you want them there more than you want God there, you're going to act like a jerk about it right? and do the things. That, but if you can just put some perspective on it, you'll actually probably do a lot better job of talking to them and less likely to drive them away and and just recognize that Jesus, the the thing about eternity for Christians that's so wonderful is not that all these other people are there. Right. It's not that all these other things aren't there, right? Pain and suffering. It's that God is reunited with his people again, the creator and the creation are one in a way that they were intended to be in the beginning. And that then, God's presence, is actually what fulfills us and satisfies us and takes away pain and suffering and death and longing and aching. And so so I would say that knowing that someone's not there, I don't even know if we'll know that, you know, because we're, we're going to have the person, that, at least right. I would say we a Christian belief would be, 
that with Jesus there, all of the longings of our heart are met. There's not an ache. There's not a disappointment. There's not any kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if you ever have a conversation with her, if that comes up, you know. I mean, <laughs> we haven't really had a discussion quite about, you know, you know what is to come after, you know, as, as, as some put it. I mean, to me, it's like I'm not, you know, too terribly concerned about what's going to happen when I die. <laughs> I mean, and, and well, and that's what she's worried about. <laughs> right. Oh, no. I, oh, I know. And that's what and, and like and when I, you know, say this to like some of my more Christian friends, you're like, dude, you're 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 crazy. That's like, you know, and, you know, antithetical to the whole this whole idea. And I'm like, I'm far more concerned about my character as a human being now. Like I'm I'm I'm. I'd rather be more focused on being a good people for people now than worrying about what's <laughs> going to happen when I'm dead. And and that is such a fair priority. Because when I'm dead, I'm dead, man. Like, I, I, <laughs> So I guess I, you know, I do want you to think about what happens after because absolutely, we, absolutely, we sure. all die. Absolutely. And, and we do have to come to grips with that. Absolutely. But there is a sense in which Christians are uh, there's a phrase I, I may butcher it I'm trying to get it right but it's like we're so heavenly minded we're no earthly good something mm-hmm. like that and, right, right. and uh, John Lennon's Imagine mm-hmm. um, that song you know I, I I read a little bit and I watched a little uh, a few videos on John Lennon I actually don't think that song or, or anything that John Lennon ever said or did was uh, disparaging meant to disparage christianity or people of faith but in that song if you listen to it you know imagine all the people living for today you know no hell below us above us only sky and so we can focus on the here and now right and i think uh, i know for sure that christians in large part due to the influence of certain kinds of theology in america that are unique to america Mm -hmm. uh or at least more prevalent in America than in other places. Uh, keep in mind, the people that came to this country to settle this country for religious freedom came here because they couldn't go anywhere else. Right. Oh, yeah. Everyone else thought they were crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, so people that uh, had understood Christianity and developed civilization as we know it, Western civilization, all thought the Baptists were crazy. Well, I mean, if, well, if <laughs> no, you, I hate to pick a, but not just the bad, but a lot of the people well, that came you, to this country. You're talking about the Puritans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they, they left England because the whole idea of, you know, like the whole state religion, the, you know, the fact that this is the only way yeah. and there's nothing outside of that. Mm-hmm. And they, they thought, hey, this is kind of whack. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the irony is, of course, that once they came here, they began to persecute the Baptists. Like Roger Williams yep. was forced into Rhode Island and starting another state, essentially another colony, mm-hmm. because he couldn't live <laughs> with the Puritans, and with the Anglicans, with all these other. Right? They were persecuting the heck out of them. It's like, it's funny that the people who escape, you know, the old world for religious freedom, unfortunately, become you know the the ones who are if affecting the same the very thing that they escaped which is is, is a huge topic special kind of irony there I, I wish i would have um prepared a little bit more for that specific one but maybe we can yeah we, we can do another like another one on that but the theological idea that i was that i was talking about it it is something that was very prominent in in baptists but not just Baptist. It's become part of American Christianity and it is this obsession with, quote, heaven. And I, and I say that because I would actually argue that the hope of the Christian is not heaven. The hope of the Christian is what you are trying to do in the here and now. The, like the world that you want to make today mm-hmm. and the, the world a lot of young people want to see is here. And I think that's actually what the Bible is trying to tell us. Uh, th- I don't know how if if I start to bore the heck out of you. you no, know, no, please. I'm, I'm I'm engaged. The gospel according to Jesus is not if you believe in me, you get to go to heaven when you die. The gospel according to Jesus in Mark chapter one, he said it says you know after he was tempted in the wilderness, it says that he began to preach the gospel, the gospel of God, saying so now whatever the gospel is, the good news according to Christians according to Jesus, right, is whatever he's going to say next. So he preached the gospel of God saying the kingdom of God is at hand. 
repent and believe the good news. So the kingdom of God is here. It's present. It's so close as to basically be entering the world at that moment. And, and I think actually when you understand Jesus's ministry as the inbreaking of the kingdom of God into history, like sort of this thing that we're hoping for one day actually comes into the present. It kind of does like a time travel backwards in the person of Jesus. And that's why he starts healing and, and fixing people and fixing things and, and all kinds of stuff, feeding and people. And uh, all the miracles. All the miracles, right? That's the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like when God is in charge, right. when God gets to be king the way he was king before sin, right? Uh, and so we have lost that idea that, that that's actually what we're supposed to be about. There's there's <laughs> something that there's a um some, something that my grandmother has said to me a long time ago. She said, you know, there is no faith without good works. Like you there's can you can you can profess to be a Christian all you want, but if you don't, you know, actually put your you know money where your mouth is, <laughs> and yeah. like yeah. you know, and not just not just be you know charitable and you know you know spread the word and you know bear witness and all the things that you know traditionally Christians do, but like. You know, I feel like there's a um, a lack of like being a, a cheerful servant, and and I think that's all connected to this because hey, I punched my ticket, I'm good. Right, and and a lot of American Christians have that attitude. And actually, you know, I listen to a lot uh, from Tim Keller, so most of you out there, you can learn a lot about the way I've begun to learn and process things just by listening to him. Uh, but he, I listened to him say something the other day, and we were talking about, he was talking about that very issue, like, because people will, they don't want to believe the gospel that, that Christians tend to present, which is, you know, like, you're forgiven all your sins, God loves you no matter what. They go, well, then what's the incentive to be good? Right? There's right. an objection. What's the incentive? If God isn't a big, nasty, scary God that's trying to make you behave, well, then what's the point of behaving? well, then you never really had a good motivation to behave. <laughs> like you were behaving for all the wrong reasons. Right. Behaving out of fear and pride and all of these other things, that doesn't do, I mean, outwardly it may do some good, but inwardly it's actually the height of evil, <laughs> according to Jesus. Jesus is upset with Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees and chief priests and elders and all these very, very religious people because they're great on the outside, but they're terrible on the inside. And then that inside begins to affect other people on, on you know, in the world. You know, as, as to quote Hamlet, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. There's something rotten in the human heart. Yeah. <laughs> Forget well, Denmark. Well, you know. Although my, uh, my dad's from Iceland. So, yeah. Oh, those Danes. Get them out of here. <laughs> Finally got rid of him in 1944. <laughs> I mean, y you know, you have to, you have to give, um, they're a bit short on time, um, <laughs> but like you have to give a, 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 a very um, special bit of like admiration to the Finnish because man, they, they, they did a number on the Russians back in World War II. Like <laughs> you do not mess with, um, with a Finn in his, in his home territory. Yeah. But anyway, back to our yeah. Somehow we uh, the Danes and then the Finns and yeah. This is this is how our conversations tend to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> many many. It's it, 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 it's like playing, you know, theoretical whack a mole with like boom boom boom. Yeah boom. yeah yeah. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, where were we? We were Pharisees. We were, yeah, you were talking about you know like something um, rotten in Denmark. Like yeah, like the evil yeah. like you know people who. Like when you talk about like when you look at the high priests in like the Old Testament, like you know they are very protective of the whole idea of God's temple. Like you know only they can see the inner temple, only they can you know pray directly to God. And like the whole point of Jesus coming, right, is that you can have a direct mm -hmm. thing, you know, direct relationship with God. You don't have the whole. He struck all that whole thing down. That all that, that that old order, if you will. Yeah. Right. I mean, not everything about it, but an an awful lot. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, it's like, I've, I, what I find very funny about how some people tend to portray Christianity and Jesus is like, if you look at some of the things Jesus did, it's v very much the opposite of what a lot of people seem to think now. Y yeah. Jesus was so upset about 
with the church people. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And and I think church people like Jesus would have been considered a radical today. Like if you transported oh, yeah. if you were if you were to oh, transport yeah. Jesus from, you know, f- you know, like you know, first century would no, sorry, like we're based at base Yeah, first century Jesus. Yeah, yeah first century yeah. A D and you bring him to, to twenty twenty and like he starts doing all the things he did then uh, there was a lot of people who would be very upset with him. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, for sure. Uh, I I don't want to make make it sound like all the church people are the scribes and Pharisees in the no, Bible. No, of course not. There's a lot of because there are good people. Absolutely, and and I don't dispute that. There's, I mean, I have, I have a lot of friends who were you know very much more religious and so much and so, so forth than I am. Yeah, but like. They're my friends, and they're still people, and I still love them just as much as anybody else does. But but I think we 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 don't recognize as church people, right? You know, this is something I've wrestled with: is that especially as a pastor, like I have as much or more susceptibility to be the person that Jesus is railing against more than almost anyone else, mm-hmm. because I'm a pastor, <laughs> I'm a Christian, I'm a church person. And I'm a pastor. Like, I'm one of these people that could totally get lost in thinking that it's up to me, that I'm good and you're not, and I'm better than all these other people. And, you know, like, you could totally get wrapped up in it. And then the people praying so that other people see it and the seats of honor at all the parties and, and all this stuff. And, you know, it it's there in churches. It's... It, Pastors I know can get easily sucked into it. It's it's really hard. But we've got to. We've got to at least see the susceptibility really for anyone. I mean, it's not just church people. It's it's human beings have this tendency to trust in their own ability to be good. It's it's our need to feel valued. It's our need to ju- essentially justify our existence. And so in order to do that, that, this is essentially what tribalism is. We hear an awful lot about with our political discourse, right? Tribalism is saying, well, my tribe is like this, and so that's really the most important thing. And since your tribe is not my tribe and it's not like this, well, then you must suck. Right. <laughs> it's like, and it becomes, you know, you vilify anything that isn't your direct idea of what is, mm-hmm. you know, you know, your idea of what is correct and what is right. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, say, for example, the American Christian landscape you know, was, was for a long time a very homogenous landscape. You know, like if you look in the 50s, the 40s, Waspism, essentially, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, the, the um, I forgot where I, was, I had a train of thought there. I, I lost I'm sorry, it. I, I knocked it out of you. But, <laughs> but yeah, but, 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 you know, but like t- to that point, um, we're all inherently self-righteous. Yeah, it's like we're it, all. It's it's a and like you said. It's a very human nature to want to be validated. It's very human mm-hmm. nature to like once you have like a little bit of power, a little bit of importance, a little, a little bit of prestige, you know, you want to like you know sink your sink your uh, nails into that and just hang on for that for everything you've got because it provides you a sense of like you know purpose. It provides you a sense of this is what I'm here to do, and you feel you know duty bound to keep on going and going and going and doing like you know to the, to the whole tribalism thing once you get like to a point of leadership in your in your tribe you know you want to do everything you can to protect the people in your tribe and mm-hmm. like you know and, and and defend them for what you see as the others yeah you know right yeah it's uh and then it just turns into a awful nasty like just mud pit of absolutely nothing gets done because if you can't even consider the other side however many other yeah. viewpoints there are, then you're just in an echo chamber of your own creation. Yeah. And then without being able to have the the wisdom to, you know, be able to competently look at other people's viewpoints and understanding and be able to, like, you know, understand that, like you were saying like, like a little bit ago, you're kind of lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's... There was a point in time where, you know, if you were looking out for your tribe and there was another tribe and you're both competing for the same resources, food, water, it would make sense that at some point 
somebody's going to have to kill somebody. <laughs> right. I mean, like, you know, if you... But if, I, I don't think we're there. I, I think we're at a place where there are an awful lot of resources to go around. We have the technology. We have the wherewithal, uh, especially in this country, we have the wealth. We're not competing for resources exactly the same way. Well, at least not yet. Uh, I'm not sure that I our mean, leaders have it figured out. Have um, figured out a way to handle all this. I mean, unless uh, the, the world of cyberpunk 2077 comes to pass, then ooh, we in we in trouble. But uh, you just lost me. Cyberpunk uh, 2077. I'm that's that's a well. That's a that's a new video game that came out like this year. <laughs> that's been in development for forever. That unfortunately had a very bad buggy release. But essentially, it's a, it's another one of those dystopian like kind of nightmare cities where essentially you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's run by like an autocratic government. There's police everywhere. You know, you can't really, you, you aren't free to be a human mm. essentially. It, and it's, it's all like, you know, the United States has basically gone to heck in a handbasket. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. That's uh there's a lot of stories out there about that. I think we're all kind of afraid of that, which is why I would say that as bad as it got, with you know election 2020 or even election 2016 before that and all the claims of everybody on every side you know i think we all have enough of an interest in keeping that from happening that i don't think that's going to happen with any of these you know when when we get worked up about a particular candidate or policy you know we tend to exaggerate a little bit to make our point to get people into our tribe and right and um but I, d- I do wonder, you know, it is reaching this critical stage. Um, but that it's it's like not everybody that's on the other team is wrong, right? Or, or they're not wrong about everything, you know. Uh, like one of the things I say around a lot of conservative Christians who tend to also be conservative politically is like I'll say something like, um, you know, if you read the Bible, like the very first command from God was to take care of the planet. Like before there was ever even... Take care of the what, sorry? The planet. Oh, the plan. Planet. Oh, the planet. Earth. Okay, gotcha. So, um, you know, because God creates Adam and puts him in the garden to take care of it. And yeah, and he says, you know, these are these are my gifts to you, you know. Use them. And but be fruitful and but, multiply also. But be a good steward of be it. Be a good steward of it. Yeah. Be a good steward. So, you know, I'll say that sometimes and people are like, <gasps> he's a crazy liberal. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> you know? and, and I'm like, why why is it why is it crazy liberal to look at the Bible and believe what it actually says? <laughs> and you know, and as such <laughs> it seems like such an alien statement to make. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's like when you, um, oh, I think it's your side address. Yeah, they are. Um, Mine's a side address. Yours, I think, is okay, uh, right on. Just making sure. Yeah. But, um, y- you know, in, in the Boy Scouts, we have a very strong, um, ecolo- like, ecological, um, like, you know, w- like, we have, like, we have a, like, we have this thing called an outdoor code, you know, we basically say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, be considerate with fire, be considerate the outdoors, you know, don't leave anything you wouldn't want anybody else to pick up after you to find, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, the Boy Scouts has such a strong message and like, hey, we should take care of our national parks. We should, you know, like be considerate of other people and like, you know, enjoy nature for what it is, but also take care of it. Yeah. And I feel like so many people think that, you know, like say people like me are a bunch of, you know, crazy tree huggers. <laughs> like, well, see, like you and I may not agree on policies. Right. About addressing that. But, I think if if most of the conservative Christians in this country went up to people like you and said, hey, you know what? I have more reason than you do to want to take care of this planet. Let's figure out a way to do right, it. Right, like let's figure it out. That, that would actually probably solve the problem. Right. Like I, I don't think we'd even need policies. Like, hey, let's just go clean up the beach. We just need like a meet, like that's what, that's what I was talk, talking about earlier before we started this podcast. It's like, you know, if I could take a bunch of people and go take him to the remote wilderness of like the Rocky Mountains or you know the Appalachians or what or wherever, yeah. and just stick him up somewhere and be like, "Hey, you see all of this? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we it's only pretty get, amazing. We get one shot at this. Yeah, we get one shot. Planet Earth is like the only 
perfect ecosystem do we yet know about in the universe that is the exact perfect place to sustain us, life? Yeah. Now, see, I would say that part of the... Re- so Christians, in some sense, shouldn't be as alarmed about the problems with the planet sure, to a degree because we, we would recognize that, well, yeah, we have one shot at it, I guess, but we do have this promise that God's coming to redeem and restore the earth. Right. And so, you know, we're not going to make the same kind of sacrifices, you know, that, that maybe others would want to make because they don't, they just don't have the same level of alarm sure. about it. But, but there's gotta but be the, things. But at the same time, I mean, we don't know how long things are going to continue after, after you and I are gone. I, I get it. You know, I, yeah. so th- but I'm just saying that there's a place somewhere between yeah, people absolutely. that are freaking out that, hey, we only got one shot at this. And mm-hmm. if we don't get this right, you know, we're screwed. And right. and then people who are kind of like, well, you know, I mean, I'm, Jesus. I, right. I, and and so, so it's not just this total laissez faire kind of. Sure. Hey, whatever. Let, let's uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I remember seeing <laughs> these guys. I love these guys. Right. Uh, but, but it was funny. It was kind of like you know, an anti tree hugger thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it was a little short video. <laughs> just it's like, I'm going to go buy a truck. Let me go slam on the gas. And like, and it's like all the smoke coming up and just kind of like a big, yeah. Up I, yours to the, to the I, I, I mean, <laughs> environmental. I, will, I, I will admit that to a large degree, a lot of the inf- more inflammatory things that, you know, people on the, um, you know, the environmental left will scream about don't actually really matter like a whole <laughs> much, but I mean, well, give me an example. Give me one example. Well, you know, like the whole, you know, the idea of like the carbon taxes and like, you know, um, you know, like say regulating industry, for example, you know, like I'm a big believer in the whole, like, you know, the, um, clean water act, you know, of like 1963, I believe, you know, it's like, at a, I mean, even China has committed to like, you know, regulating their factories to putting out less carbon dioxide than we are in like by 2025, whatever. But it's like, the problem is, is that how do you do that on a worldwide scale? It's mm-hmm. very hard to do. And it's just, I mean, I just wish that people had more of an awareness of the little things that, that they do, that do have an effect. You know, there's a lot of little things that we can do, you know, like be more conscientious with how much water you use, be a little more conscientious with like, you know, I don't know, but it's, it's, I mean, George Carlin has a, a famous bit where he does, you know, he says, you know, the planet is fine. Like the planet will be fine, but the people are kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> the people on it might, might mess up. I will tell you, though, that uh, the fact that it's going to be 19 degrees in uh, southeast Louisiana on Monday night into Tuesday yeah, that's is making an awful lot of people go, global warming. Yeah, oh, yeah, what I are know. What you talking about? I know. So. And, and I think the thing is, like, if you – I think that's because when people take a look at science, they don't take the time to, like, go deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when, when they pull a polar ice cap sample, you know, polar ice, you know, core – yeah, pull you know, it up from you know from like hundreds of feet, millions down. of years, like yeah. of, you know, hun- like millions of years old with the ice, and you can look at the quality of the ice bands and see how warm or how cool the Earth was at the time, and yeah, you know, the, like Al Gore was all about you know the whole global warming thing back in you know, in the Bush Gore thing, and it's like the Earth has been doing this cooling, warming, cooling, warming cycle for you know thousands of years. Mm-hmm. We just happen to be in a, in a warmer part of it. Well, but I think the issue, and, you know, I didn't really prepare for it. We were just talking. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was, I, I had a guy who was trying to tell me about this a few years ago, that, yes, there are these cycles, but the 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 cooling cycles are getting less cool mm-hmm. and shorter, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, we're going to still see these moments where we're like, ah, oh, global warming. You know, there was a guy, a friend of mine, who said at one point, uh, you know, clean air good, smelly air bad. And and that's kind of been my approach that, you know, I'm not necessarily freaking out about 
you know, all these dire predictions. But I mean, hey, at least our cities are a lot cleaner than London in like the 1800s was. Oh, yeah. Like when you have coal factories next <laughs> to like, you know, f- full on, you know, coal burning power plants next to, you know, these very tightly packed apartment complexes. They're not even car- apartment complexes, but like, you know, like shanty towns essentially of all the factory workers that moved because that's what drove the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. in, in England. You know, like all of these big major industries started to pop up, you know, steel mills, yeah. all of this stuff. And then everybody moved into the city. And it's just like they weren't prepared for any of the sanitation to clean anything of that. And, but that's like, why, like I say, clean air, good, smelly air, bad. Like we mm-hmm. know on some level like, that w- this is bad. And we should do our best I to mean, keep and, and it we've, clean. We've done, and humans have done a lot of good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a big book of quotes by Jean Muir. You know, okay. the, the, the big environmentalist guy, yeah. hiker. You know, started the uh, Sierra Club. Mm-hmm. Is that his? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, I, I think he's just kind of a cool person. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. There are a lot of people who blow this whole thing way out of, way out of proportion. Yeah. But. Um, I think we've gotten way off topic, Emil. Oh, we are talking about. I just, you know, it's just one of those things that I say, but like that I think, kind of blows people's minds on one side, and then on the other side they go, "Wait a second, you know, you mean I can talk to you about this stuff? Right. Like, yeah, hey, like why don't we go plant some trees or something? Like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not naturally like that, right? But I see the value, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I get it, and I want to affirm. The, the 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 places of commonality or the places where maybe there are people that aren't Christian that could actually help me grow in, in mm-hmm. some area. And and maybe there's an area where we can work together to do something that God thinks is a good thing, whether or not they come to my church or not, whether or not they believe in Jesus or not. But you know what? Maybe we can clean up the air a little bit by planting some trees or maybe we can clean up the beach and maybe we can... You know, and, and you uh, know, I think this whole discussion is just like, you know, if you want to talk to somebody who is outside of your comfort zone, when it becomes whatever kind of worldview they have, whatever kind of worldview you have, just be friends with them first. <laughs> you know, and, and it's it sounds so simple, and I know it's not nearly that simple. So no agenda is what you're saying. Well, not necessarily or? no agenda, but like just keep an open mind. Because I mean, the the problem with like the traditional like thing of like you know say bringing Jesus to people is like if you go on the attack, it's attack attack attack. People are just gonna like put a wall up, mm-hmm. and like you know and, and that's with any kind of issue, be it political, be it religion, be it whatever, is that people are so defensive these days that it's extremely extremely hard to, you know we see it all we see this all the time with our elected officials. It's very hard for even when 98% of these people have way more common ground than they want us to realize, they take <laughs> all the tiny little fights and turn into big, big problems. Yep. But it's like we honestly have way more common ground as humans and people and as Americans and we have so much more that we agree on whether we realize yeah. it or not. You know, and it's like just... I don't know. Like I, I am not the most social person in the world, <laughs> but you know, I don't make friends very easily. Um, and when I was young, I tended to associate more with adults because like, I, I thought that, you know, I didn't really like asso- associating with kids so much when I was younger because I thought kids were just kind of dumb. <laughs> not, 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 not necessarily dumb, but like well, they can be jerks. Well, I just found it easier to converse with adults yeah. when I was younger. And it's just like, you know, if, and that's how I kind of developed my ability to kind of jump between people, different kinds of people is just by talking with different adults that I knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a big time Bible thumping Southern Baptist AP history teacher in high school and oh boy, um, I got into, into some interesting di- discussions with him, but he <laughs> was so firmly entrenched in his whole worldview yeah. that Anything I said to try, like, you know, like a little, like, chip in a wall, you know, trying to, like, like fire an arrow in a, in a chink in the armor somewhere, nah. But it's, you know, I just, that's when I kind of realized, like, okay, you know, you can't just take something that you see as opposite to your own thing and just immediately attack after it. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. And 
Well, people have this idea that if they're wrong about anything, then everything falls apart. Uh, we, we've done an awful lot in this uh, country, our culture, to talk about like self-esteem. But meanwhile, our focus on self-esteem has created some of the most fragile people <laughs> in history. Uh, so, so I think we've had that backwards. And, and I do think that actually Christianity provides something that is something that people can grab onto to navigate that. Um, and, you know, we don't have to necessarily go into all that today, but, you know, what are you building your life on? Because we all have to build our lives on something. And I think a lot of Christians don't realize they're building their lives on an awful lot that isn't Jesus. And that's why they get into all this stuff. They've replaced things that are closely related, at least in their mind, to Jesus. And then they get all crazy about it and then forget that, oh, yeah, well, if I really thought Jesus was all that important, then I probably wouldn't yell and scream at this person right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. like I, I probably wouldn't uh, say this or do that. Uh, but th there's also been increasingly antagonistic, you know, uh, I don't know what the right, right way to say it is, but, but on... The, the the folks that really dislike Christianity and that are actually going out of their way to try and either stop it or, or you know, hurt or harm Christianity, Christians, the church, however you want to look at that, uh, I think, you know, they've done an awful lot to vilify people and vilify what they would call, like, fundamentalism, you know. So, like, I would be considered a fundamentalist if I believe certain things about the Bible to be true and historically true. And, and if I were to take it literally that Jesus is alive or, you know, that he actually rose from the dead. And so, oh, you're a fundamentalist and fundamentalism in and of itself is now evil. But here's another Tim, Quel Tim Keller quote. Uh, he talks about, I think it was his wife mentioned something about after 9-11 and this big thing in the New York Times about how fundamentalism is bad and now we just saw it and that's the problem. But then people take it and say, well, Muslim uh, fundamentalists who attacked America are now the same as Christian <laughs> fundamentalists. And you see that, oh, my goodness, now if I'm a Christian, I'm considered one of these people who's going to fly a plane into a building. But the point that he made was, is like, well, fundamentalism in and of itself isn't bad it depends on what your fundamental is it it depends on like you know we we um a lot of the political like some some political podcasts i follow you know they're they're tracking this thing of like okay you know where like where does the radicalization come from like if you look at say fundamental mm -hmm. like sharia or um what is it? It's Sharia. Sharia law. It's Shari no, it's not Sharia law, but there's two the two sects of... of, of oh, um, Sunni and uh, Sunni, Shiite? Yeah, Sunni and Shiite, right. Like, if you look at, you know, the the hardcore fundamentalists, like, that's... Um, you know what I'm trying to say? is like, they they are taking their, their, their version of the word and mm -hmm. turning it on its head in a way and like i mean i'm not i'm not an expert in any of this of course but it's like the you know the, the radicalization of like say fundamental christians like there's some absolute loony heads that you know in in in, in all of these in all of these different faiths you know it's like mm -hmm. um is like you know why um like what would drive somebody to say that say you know the american christian is a horrible 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 thing it's like, you know, I have friends who are Muslim, you know, a couple. And they're mm -hmm. like, I do not put myself in the same box with the, you know, with the radical terrorists. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's... Well, but the, the, the case that I think you could make as a Christian would be this idea of what is your fundamental. And if you are a Christian and you are perpetrating violence against your perceived enemies, you are, you are actually contradicting your lord and savior who willingly died for his enemies right so like it's a it's a distortion of christianity to behave in the way that 
we're talking about the fundamentalists, right? So right. To speak. Like, we, 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 if you're talking about radical fundamentalism, like I, I, I believe, like what you're saying when you say a fundamentalist in the traditional sense, meaning like you are a gospel, you know, Christian. I, I recognize. I don't know exactly which one I mean per se. I, I think I'm you mean like talking about the culture, right? The way they think of it, right? But also that I might be considered one, mm-hmm. even though they don't realize that. Well, actually, I say. That Jesus and everything he says and did, that actually means something. And since he died for his enemies, why would I perpetrate violence against someone? Like that would be, if I did that, and I'm not saying I'm not capable of it, but if I were to do that, I would actually be living contrary to what Jesus says. Whereas, and I know this is like a controversial thing, and I know there are a lot of good Muslims. Sure. But but Muhammad is historically a violent person. Absolutely. I mean, there's like I mean, a tremendously violent there's, person. There's a, there's a very long tradition in the Middle East of, you know, using violence to achieve your means. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, also you can say the converse of that. Look at the, look at the crusades for the Holy Land. Christians have, there was a yeah. lot of death being made in, in the name of God on both sides. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, I guess the heart of the problem is, is that I would agree that, quote, fundamentalism can be far more dangerous. Religion can be far more dangerous when it's misused because now you're saying, well, I have God on my side yeah, so we say, like, and th- I can do whatever I need to do to achieve these ends because God is actually behind this. Because like, that's the danger of, say, something like um, al- um, um, when al-Qaeda first came about and, like, say, the Islamic State, you know, ISIS. They're basically just saying, look, your purpose in life is to fulfill the will of Allah. You know, like, that's what, yeah. you know, and, and you know, once you get people believing in that and believing in that this is their purpose because God, this is what, you know, God is telling them to do, that's a very, very dangerous thing. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, you start getting people to believe that, you know, violence is the answer, you know, whether it's, you know, ISIS or, you know, violent fundamentalist Christians, you know, or whatever, you know, what have you, it's, you know, um, it's just, you know, an overall, uh, just a dangerous kind of thing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, what I put in the description for this podcast. Oh, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's a mess. We've been from environmentalism to but, religion to like. But I do think that, you know, I don't know how many there are. There aren't a whole lot. There are some people that have listened to this at least at some point uh-huh. in predominantly Muslim countries, and they experience the kinds of things we're talking about. In our culture, it's it's very taboo to even suggest that that's a possibility, uh, and, and I do know a lot of good Muslim people. My point was just that the fundamental, though, <laughs> is yeah. very different. Like, like Christian right. fundamentalism should not look anything like that. Right. Um, there, there are some some bigger issues, but of course we've screwed it up. Anyone can screw it up. Mm-hmm. We're all constantly trying to build our identity on things that aren't as significant as, uh, or or are far less significant and are far more dangerous if we're fighting for those things. Like if we're fighting for a political party or a politi- politician or for a career or for money or for just prestige, or for our tribe, whatever mm-hmm. that tribe has to be, that gets us into all kinds of stuff. Even if you're a Christian, like you said, with the Crusades and things, we can turn it into something that isn't. Um, and, and and I think the Crusades, there's people that have an awful lot more to say than the typical narrative. I mean, there's, there's more to that there's story. There's a lot of intertwined political because it was the the government and the church were kind of the yes. same. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I that that's actually the problem I, I do think that christians kind of got a bad rap for that because uh they were they, they were getting their rear ends handed to them handily you know like for for quite a while and uh i guess they felt they had to respond at some point so but but again it's the government really responding and the church kind of and the government being united right for for an extended period i think that's where we are mo- most uh, susceptible to these kinds of problems, which is why I don't understand why so many people that are, you know, f- basically descendants of the Reformation, which was like trying to wrestle that away in some mm-hmm. respects, 
uh, <laughs> that the descendants of the Reformation are actually advocating for that in a lot and, of ways. And, you know, and now I see, like, you know, a, there's a lot of my conservative, like, you know, people that I'm, you know, acquaintances with that are more conservative and more religious, you know, that, like, you know, they, you know, you ask them, is America a Christian nation? And most of them would say yes. Mm-hmm. And I understand where they're coming from. It's like, you know, I've had this discussion with you two before, you know, it's like, I am a big believer in, in the freedom of religion, the freedom to practice whatever you want. That's the whole idea of this country. Like, we are the only country in the world founded on a set of ideals, mm-hmm. meaning freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of religion, and, you know, like, all, all of those things. And it's like, I I, I don't see, you know, um, I forgot I was trying to go with that, but yeah, this, this whole idea of that, you know, America is, you know, like the conservative right is, you know, all Christians and all family and all this. And, uh, and the, then the left is all Not, this yeah. like, you know, supposed it's actually growing blue. There's a growing blue evangelicalism yeah, more like, and more. There's a lot of really you know, um, v- you know, very devout Christians who are, who are liberals. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and I, I don't know. I, I, like, <laughs> I, I will preface this by saying I am just a 25 year old. <laughs> I do not yet have a whole lot of life experience. So if there's anything I say that is, that is from, you know, out well, of the realm of things. We'll, we'll see what happens in the comments. I'm not looking at it right now. Oh, so. I know. Um, well, Laurie's, <laughs> well, 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 Laurie's already said that, that, you know, she texted me about half an hour ago. It was like, stop talking. Yeah, well, no, she's yeah. like, they're like, oh, they, they can't hear us because the audio is coming on your phone, so they can't hear me very well. So oh. we're going we're gonna to get this fixed. <laughs> we get this fixed where everybody who's watching a live stream will we'll actually be able to hear us. Well, Hopefully. they can uh, listen to the audio. Yeah, they can also listen. They can uh, subscribe to the podcast yes. and listen to it there. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you're losing your train of thought. I'm losing my train of thought every now and then. Yeah. We should probably save some for another day. Absolutely, absolutely. But but there's some good stuff there uh, at the very end that uh, we should probably come back to once we remember what it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for coming in. And uh, if anybody's watching, and I don't know if you're hearing Drew or not, maybe we'll, uh, we'll be able to fix it. But you can always check out the podcast at uh, Anchor FM. It's on Apple, Spotify. I believe they send it out to a bunch of places. I mean, I don't know if Drew like Drew thinks this, but uh, Jesus is sweeter, in my opinion. And for me, Jesus is what helped me get to a point where I could have this conversation. That's why I say that. But uh, I'm just glad you came out. Absolutely. I'm always happy to, you know, hopefully give um, a, new pers- a new perspective. We need it. And uh, right now you need to go uh, somewhere for Valentine's Day. Yes, I do. I have plans to get in. It's going to be cold tonight. (laughs) So (laughs) sleep warm, everybody. Get on it. Hey, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is sweeter.